Welcome to Table Talk, a place to gather, guide, and go. Each month, join your hosts, Alyssa De Los Santos and Jill Dobrowanski, as they discuss scripture, life experiences, and everything in between. At our table, we provide a seat for those who have been told there is no room for them. We look forward to having you gather, guide, and go with us each month at Table Talk, where there's always room for one more at our table. Hello, and welcome back to season two of Table Talk. (laughs) Yay. I know, a place to gather, guide, and go. And we're so happy that you joined us here today at our table. So last season was really about opening up the invitation and what it means to have a seat at the table. And that kind of got us thinking. I Because I don't know about you, Alyssa, but every time I think of a table, I think of a farm table, you know, like something Mm -hmm. my gram used to have in the kitchen, a big table that you could fit a lot of people around, um, or even like the the eight foot folding tables we used to break out at the holiday times and put all together so that everybody could gather around. Mm -hmm. But we've been talking about, you know, what about those times when that big banquet size table is either something that we fall back on? Mm -hmm or is something that is maybe too big for us at the time. And then you came up with the idea of a bistro table and, you know, how that's intimate. And, you know, as we're going to talk about today, you have to be very vulnerable at, um, and there's no either or. It's not like you move from one to another. There's times where you're at one and then there's times where you're at another. And so that's why this season is all about banquet and bistro. Exactly. Um, yeah. And um, I'm going to be um, total, totally honest with you. I myself find myself, I'm comfortable at a banquet table. Mm. Um, I'm comfortable, you know, at most times, you know, like I, I will participate and I will engage yeah. in conversation, but there's also times where I know that if I'm pulling up a seat to that, it's because I want to be invisible. Mm. And I found myself doing that lately and it wasn't until I said three little words. I said, I am struggling to a, a a good friend of mine. And she said, let's sit and talk about it. And that's when I realized like I was moving from having a seat at that banquet table, which that spot will always be reserved for me to now having to sit it at a bistro. Yeah, I love that. And I love that it, it, it was a natural progression, uh, kind of motivated by your honesty and your vulnerability, which is that word we don't love, but the necessity of, of confessing our need, just agreeing with the need that's already there. Um, and that, that it was a natural progression to the smaller, more intimate conversation. I love that you said that you kind of defer to the banquet table and I, you know, I defer to the smaller table, the bistro table. And here's why I, I always assumed it was the introvert in me, like, but you know, 
that that's sort of counterintuitive, right? Because the introvert, okay, maybe this introvert, let me not broad brush <laughs> it, <laughs> can get lost in the banquet table, right? Because the banquet table, the larger table is typically very public. It, it, it often provides nourishment and connection, but I can be present and absent. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think that's what I hear you say, but in the bistro, right? It's, it's by nature, like uh, a smaller space, which means that you're kind of on the hook. You know, mm -hmm. someone asks a question and if it's you and two other people, you can't defer to everyone else for very long because there aren't very many everyone else's. Right, and so it, it's that natural invitation. Your presence at a bistro table is is felt, and participation is really kind of expected. And here's the key: desired. Mm. Right, when you got that small invitation in from your friend, your friend desired to say, "Let's go to that place. Tell me, I care. I want to know." And so I think what's funny is I thought I loved the bistro table because I was safer with with one. <laughs> um, and really it's, it's a, it just needs a different need. It serves a different purpose. Both are good. And we live in a, in a time in a society where we want it to be either or. And I think the conversation this season is about, it's an and, and it's mm -hmm. good and right to be an, and both tables serve a purpose. Both are an investment. Both are good. Both are necessary and both yield connection. Yes, yes. both yield connection. So sometimes um, in, in this prospect of uh, banquet and, and bistro, um, when we are at the banquet table, it's easy to get lost in the happenings of the banquet table. And so sometimes that is preferred for that very reason. Like I don't have anything to give. So we show up there, but you know, um, you know, when you can show up and you can feel connection without being connected, sometimes yes. that happens at the banquet table. And sometimes that's life-saving just to feel the connection around you. But there are other seasons where you need to be deeply connected. And that's the beauty I think of, of both tables. I think networking often happens at the banquet table, right? And yes. so, but at the bistro table, we tend to go deep. It's not that you can't go deep at the banquet table, but because of the public kind of style of the banquet table, it tends to be a little, I'm gonna say superficial and that has such a negative connotation. I don't mm -hmm. mean in that way, but I mean, we, we just kind of, we touch, there's so many people, we touch the things around us without necessarily going deeper. Um, I, so I think there is that value in, in both. And, you know, the narrative of scripture, which we talked about last season, reminds us that God's desire is to restore us to himself and then restore us to community. He intended for us to be connecting in community, which is the visual of the table. However, <laughs> we have to put in the work. Yeah. And, you know, I, I automatically, when you were saying that, I, I think of, you know, it's the old WWJD, what would Jesus do? And, you know, we look to his examples that he set in scripture mm -hmm. for us mm -hmm. for this. And I think automatically, when I think of the banquet table, I think of the feeding of thousands, 
yeah. you know, of, of getting of here, here's who I am and here's mm. the bread of life that I can give to you. Mm. But then there's also examples of him being at that bistro table. And I, yeah. you know, I, that's one of the ones that we're going to talk about today is that Mary and Martha, and it's, it's, it holds true today because yeah. there's times where, you know, yes, we're going to be around others to spread what I like to say, like that level, that, that level one message of here's mm. who I am and here's what I can do for you. But then when we're at the bistro is when that deep relationship is formed and secured. And mm. I think that really played out in Luke's telling of Mary and Martha. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. You know, two, two things before we hop into Mary Martha, because this is super, super valuable here. Here's something that concerns me, Jill. When we talk about the table, I think this is the elephant in the room. And that is, we are in the middle of a great loneliness epidemic. Mm. And all you have to do is spend five minutes in a Google search. Those statistics are sobering. They're sobering the amount of people who are showing up and saying, I am lonely. But just below our need for connection, I think this is true, is our desire for belonging. And, and I love if you, if you just put a little parenthetical, well, not really, if you put parentheses around the B, think about that word, belonging. Mm. And we want to belong. And so often I think, but we have to, we have to be longing for something. And then when we're longing for something, we belong. And I think that honestly is some of the beauty of the table. I think we can share belonging there. So we see this, we see both in the account of Mary and Martha. So in, in Luke 10, it, it's just a very small snippet starting in verse 38 and going through 42. But the, what happens is the context is the disciples and Jesus are, are out and about and Martha, it's Martha, who welcomes Jesus and the disciples for a banquet at her house in, at her table. And the invitation, honestly, is an expression, uh, the invitation from Martha is an expression of hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, but it also provides a means of connection. So it says in verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But <laughs> Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Like, I'm so there. Mm -hmm. Jesus's response, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Here's what I love here. Sometimes 
when we are preparing, when we are at a banquet or preparing for a banquet, we can be over-consumed with the details. We can be over-consumed with the details and forget why we gather, right? So listen, Martha opened her home. That was an expression of hospitality. That was good. She was preparing for the savior, for goodness sake, and his disciples. That was good. Jesus does not condemn her. He meets her where she is, but he says, hey, the prep for the banquet table is good, but don't forget to sit and be nourished by me. This is what I see, the the juxtaposition between how we can be at the banquet table versus how we can be at the bistro table. And that's not to shame the banquet table. Preparations are necessary. She did this from love, right? But he's saying, he, I love when he says to her, you are worried about many things. Jill, have you ever shown up to the banquet table worried about many things and missing the connection? Absolutely. Guilty. Well, right, same. And then he says, but only one thing is needed. And he doesn't say you chose the wrong one. Shame on you. Hope you get it right next time. He goes on and says, Mary has chosen what is better. So what did Mary choose? Mary chose in the moment that she had available to sit in the proximity and nearness of Christ and be fed. That to me is the exclamation point on this entire narrative. It wasn't Martha's so awful. Isn't Mary great? Let's be like Mary. And I mean, listen, I grew up in the church and that was the message I perceived. Yep. The message is the savior says, yes. And yes, prepare for me. And don't forget to sit and be nourished in intimate relationship with me. And we get the opportunity to model that, right? In Mm -hmm. our relationships. Yes, we need to be fed by him. Whether we're at the banquet table or the bistro table, we come full so that we can then be in relationship with others. And I mean, I know myself, how many times, like you were saying, I choose to serve because that is what we do. We serve others. We, 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 we speak to women. We form connections with them. That is our servant part and our servant calling in the way yeah. that we, and the way that we do this. But I know myself, I get so mm-hmm. caught up like Martha in serving others that right. I'm ignoring being served. And yeah. that's exactly what Mary was doing in that time. Mm. And, and that's the thing, right? Like um, Martha here is on the periphery, right? So she still gets the benefit of Christ in her home. And certainly, you know, that, that hit the sound of his voice was filtering into the kitchen as she prepared or wherever it was that she was preparing. She was still the recipient of that connection, but he was drawing her in saying, but I want to go deeper with you, sis. I don't want you just this, just to wash over you and it sustain you for a second. I want this to fulfill you for a lifetime to sustain you when I'm not here, when I'm not present. And interestingly enough, think about this. When we go back to belonging, to belong, we have to be longing for something. And sometimes I can show up to the banquet and be longing to not be seen, Mm. right? 
or I can be longing to just like have good hair that day. Or, I mean, I can, you know, I can just be all manner of, but sometimes I can just be longing to hear the laughter of others because it can fill my soul. So Mary chose the better thing according to Jesus in this particular narrative, but he still met Martha where she was because she was also longing, right? And he understood Martha's inclination to prepare the banquet table. I mean, he created her. He knew that's who she was. That wasn't the problem. It's not, it's not the problem, but it is necessary to be aware of it, that when he is calling us into intimate relationship with him, and listen, that can happen through an invitation to get coffee with someone at the bistro table. Mm -hmm. He might be desiring to, to go intimate with us through the words and the encouragement and the sound of the voice of someone that has skin and bones. And that is still an invitation to intimacy. And like you said, it points back to what we talked about in season one, this tendency that we have sometimes to serve before we sit, but that we see Christ's invitation to sit, get filled up before we serve. Mm. Right? Yeah. One of the other things you, you mentioned, and I never really even thought about it this way, is that Jesus didn't chastise Martha he no. didn't say like you said oh nope you're wrong Mary's right you yeah. know it was just it was that beautiful grace and mercy that were shown every day that he was showing to Martha also yeah let me ask you this when you when you sacrifice time to sit in relationship with the savior, are you ever disappointed? Never. When you sacrifice time and sit at a bistro table with a friend, does it always work? No. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't always work. No. Yeah. But so here's the thing. Jesus says to Mary, to says to Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. And so I want to err on the side, Jill, of, you know, I might sit at, at a, a banquet table that doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, have you ever been, heard your yeah. own voice say, these aren't my people? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. That's okay. But the, the trick is, if we, if we stop trying, we are missing this thing that we see illustrated in scripture. In fact, in the book of Mark, in Mark chapter one, we actually see Jesus has been uh, teaching in a large crowd and he goes away and he's got a few people with him and they're like, what's happening? He's like, I need to go be alone for a second, but you know what? He doesn't stay alone because just, if you look in 35 through 39 in Mark chapter one, you'll see him then return because he knows he needs to teach again. It's like this cycle. We we're at the large table. We're, we're, we're gathering in community, but we go with a few, then we go by ourselves then we go back. The problem is, I think, and if you look at the sobering statistics of loneliness, I think the problem is most of us say that didn't work one time. I'm not trying it again. Yeah. Which again, points to our loneliness. But let's talk about, let's talk about for just a minute uh, in, in his book, When God Winks at You, I don't know if you've ever read any of these, these short stories. 
And the subtitle says how God speaks directly to you through the power of coincidence. Okay. There's this one story that's called the giver of a gift. And it's about two high school boys. One boy is kind of new at school. He's a freshman. He's a little nerdy and he doesn't have any friends. He's had trouble making friends and he's walking home one day, one day with a giant stack of books in his hands. And there's a boy a little ways behind him and he's watching and then the boy behind him is thinking, why would someone take home all these books, right? What is happening? And as he's having the thought in his head, a, a group of young men, probably bullies, maybe not, maybe just misguided, run by and knock all the books out of the first boy's arms, knocks his glasses off, they're on the ground. So the boy traveling behind the first boy arrives and starts helping him gather up his books. And um, they, hit, they become friends. And the boy not carrying the books invites the boy with all the stack of books to a party that night. Well, several years later, they go, grow very, very close. This is bistro. These are bistro moments. He was showing up at the banquet table because I'm sorry, but the school is your banquet table sometimes. Oh, yeah. This bistro moment, he, he grows in relationship with the boy that decided to see him. And no surprise to you, the boy with all the books was valed, valedictorian. And as he was giving his speech on the day of graduation, he brings up that day. And he says, his friend who didn't know, he says, the reason I was carrying books home that day was because I had decided to end my life. And I didn't want my mom to have to come to school and carry all the books home. And the boy who intervened, the boy who decided to see him, I mean, was just shocked and thought it's the littlest things, right, Jill? Like we don't know where our decision to show up either vulnerably ourselves or vulnerably for someone. We don't know how that intersects an actual tangible need and changes the trajectory of another's life, even if it's ours. Mm. That is connection. Yeah. That's yeah. bistro table. That's the power of the bistro table. Yeah, it's exactly what I was just going to say. Um, it truly is. You know, it, it also too reminds me of, you know, like that boy just showed up physically, was like, oh, here, here's a physical need. Let me help. Yes. But what he really was doing was also meeting a mental and a spiritual need in that right. moment. Yes. And you know, that's, that's what we want. It is what we want. Even if we can't admit it, that's deeply, we want to be that for someone, but we also want that from someone. And here's the thing. He threw him a life preserver right? The connection was his life preserver. When, when Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet, when he invites Martha to do the same, he's saying, I am your life preserver. You come to me when you're weary and heavy burdened and trust me to provide physical, tangible life preservers in the form of people, in the form of connection, 
in the form of community, trust me to provide that for you out of the immense love I have and that immense care that I have for you. Yeah. So Ooh. how about this? How about this? Um, listen, gathering at the bistro table is scary. It's straight scary. Not trying to pretend, not trying to say this is real easy. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's actually showing up the, at the banquet table is, is not easy either. No. Right. But both have benefits. But I think we have to really underscore this point. The benefit outweighs the risk. The benefit will always outweigh the risk. You know, I love something that Brene Brown says in her book, Daring, Daring Greatly. She says, daring greatly means the courage to be vulnerable. It means to show up and be seen, to ask for what you need, to talk about how you're feeling, to have the hard conversations. That's the punctuation on all of this. All of it. That's the invitation. Sit at my feet. We have got to sit at the Lord's feet before we serve. We've got to sit at the Lord's feet before we can probably really be in, in true connection with others. Because you know what? If we haven't been filled up by him, we're holding out our empty cup to other people and they can't do that for us. They can't fill that, the deepest longing of our soul. They can encourage us. They can walk with us. They can do all those things, but they can't fill the deepest longing of our soul. Yeah, I, it's, I'm reminded of what we talked about with the uh, broken cisterns mm-hmm. season one and how, you know, we'll never be able to fill it with the water. No. And the only one who can put us through the refiner's fire, put that cistern into that refiner's fire. Yeah. Is the Lord and yeah. then make it whole again. And then once it's whole again, then we can go out and seek the bistro table to fill it up or to be that person at the bistro table to invite somebody to fill it up for them. So true. So true. We got to do both. We got to show up ourselves, but we've got to be willing to also be the one that issues the invitation again, super messy, super hard work, and it's risky, but the Mm -hmm. benefit outweighs the risk period period. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Yeah. So, so then, you know, I think it's important that we think about like to consider this month, if we're off balance, right. If we're running to the banquet, if we're only going to the beast or, or if we're not showing up at all, are we out of balance somewhere where we're deferring to alone? more than we're deferring to connection? Are we deferring to a particular type of connection over the others? And and I think if we're off balance with our engagement in the banquet or the bistro, I I think it's important to say, well, what's preventing us from showing up? What's Mm -hmm. actually preventing us from showing up either to the banquet table, showing up at the bistro table, or moving from the banquet table to the bistro table. Cause I think there is some fluidity in that, in the relationship of where we are, you know, here we're at the banquet table, but we're also going to the bistro on occasion as well. Absolutely. And you know, that just automatically conjures up the image to me of like a European cafe, you know, mm-hmm. where you go into these, these little cafes and they have all the little bistro tables set up and, you know, yeah. it's usually two to three people at them. 
But then there's times where it's like they put all of those bistro tables together to form a banquet table for everybody to sit around. And right. that's exactly what we're doing in our relationships is that there's times where, like you said, we are at that bistro table, but then there's times where we have to take that and connect it and form that bigger banquet table. Right. Okay. It's an and. Yes. Yes, it is. Both are good. Both have meaning. Both have purpose. Yeah. And I think that that is a great, great go for this month is to really think about that and yeah. what table you should be, where you need to be right now. Yeah. Hmm. And then go. Yes. Either go or invite someone to come, but do something. Absolutely. Don't just sit in the loneliness. Don't sit in, don't, don't be satisfied with being close enough to feel like you're connected without being truly connected. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's good. So hey, we good. can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> and as I said in the beginning, you know, there's times where, you know, like me right now, I'm, I'm needing to be and be served at that bistro table. And that's where I'm, I'm at right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, who knows, you know, in a couple of days or even a couple of months or a couple of years, I'll come back to the banquet table. But right now I need to be at the bistro. Yeah. I love that. So you just also gave an invitation, uh, an indirect invitation to say, don't force the timeline but yes. show up somewhere, but don't force the timeline of where you're at one versus the other. It takes time yes. and that's good, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely, absolutely. Good um, word. And, yes, and I would just, I we would be remiss um, not to mention that if you or anybody you know is struggling with this loneliness to the point where you feel that there's no other way out, Please, there are national suicide prevention hotlines. There are national and statewide mental health hotlines that you can call. Um, reach out to your pastor, reach out to your church, um, reach out to your school, wherever you're at, because we all have resources that we can um, help and to know that you are not alone and that you are worthy and you are valued and you are loved, as God says in his own words. Yes. 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 And I'll definitely put all of those numbers down in the description of the show. So somebody will have a direct link if they feel that need. Excellent. Um, okay. My friend, what a great way to kick off season two. Ooh, Love it. Here work. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. Banquet okay. and bistro. <laughs> Total and. Yes. Excellent. Oh, all right. Our friends, until next time, uh, we pray that you focus on this word that we've said today and really look inside your heart. And first of all, be filled by the Lord and Jesus and his teachings, but then also have the strength and the courage to show up at either the banquet or the bistro. And don't forget, to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of Table Talk, a place to gather, guide, and go. And until next month, God bless. 
Thank you so much for joining us today at Table Talk, a place to gather, guide, and go. We were so happy to have you pull up a seat at our table. We hope that you got something from this conversation today or that you know someone who that you could share this episode with who might need to hear this message. As always, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that you never miss an episode of Table Talk. And we look forward to having you join us again next month. And until then, may God bless you and continue to keep you safe.